0: back to thriving in a post-COVID world. It's a day of sessions to equip us in our businesses and our careers. Our last session was on entrepreneurship as a calling. So we learned about calling with gifts and how we can find out what we are supposed to do as what our calling is. Do we have one calling? Can we have more than one calling? It was quite an interesting session. Um, uh, We have our next session now, which is on interview skills. But before we go to that, before I introduce the um, people that we're taking us through, just to say that we have a question and answer segment after each session. So if you have any questions, please send them directly to me and we will address them during the question and answer session. Now Uzo Nwanguma, supported by Kofu Balogu will be taking us through this session. We met Kofu earlier, but just a quick recap for those who weren't here. Kovo has over 15 years experience in HR. She's currently the head of HR for four not-for-profit organizations and has proven success in creating cultures of collaboration and implementing change to achieve workforce excellence. She has experience in several aspects of human resources, including recruitment, employee relations, employee training, incentives, benefits, and payroll. She holds a BA in business administration and a master's degree in human resource management. Uzo is a senior HR professional with considerate experience in senior management and HR gained as a result of working in medium to large organizations. Notable work achievements include, but are not limited to, managing organizational change and influencing organizational strategic direction and culture on equality, diversity and inclusion. Uzo is passionate about maximizing potential and challenging and motivating people to reach their God-given potential. She's equally passionate (laughs) and and partial to the odd chocolate or two. (laughs) Indeed. So, Uzo, over to you.
2: Wow. So, thank you so much. It's often um, very um, isn't it interesting and very difficult when somebody's trying to introduce you and trying to strike the right balance in your bio. Um, so it's, it's often very interesting. Um, so um, I am going to be leaving the session today on um, interview skills. I do hope that you know you have learned something from the previous sessions. Um, I've definitely been dialing in and it's been, um, yes, I've learned an awful lot. You always think you know. Um, until you hear other people speak. So I hope, my hope, and and certainly I know that Kofo's hope as well is that you're going to take, you know, you, t- you learn something about interviews. It won't become the dreaded word. Um, and, you know, it won't become something that you dread. And um, knowing that the people who are doing the interviews are also human. And so we hope you get to take away something today. So um, when you're ready, for the next slide. So um, this is something that I always like to do when we do training sessions or when I you know, run training sessions, which is we often always do like a contracting um, bit, which is where I say to you that, you know, I am committed to being here mind and body. Um, I'm committed to being engaged in this session. Um, I'm also going to ask questions um, and also respect the different views within this forum. What I am asking in return is that you're equally committed and that you're here in mind and body and that you do engage throughout the session and especially during the learning reflections and that you ask questions. Um, I often find that, you know, they, no, there's no question that is a stupid question, so please do ask questions. And can I also ask that, you know, we also respect each other's um, different points of views and also respect the people that are asking the question because it takes a lot of courage for you to be able to ask a question. Thank you. So my hope from this session today is that you will be able to take away the following learning outcomes. One is how to prepare for interviews. The other is the types of interviews, the interview process itself, and how to make an impression. Next slide, please. So, before we actually do the whole did you know, it would be quite interesting if people could just um, indicate by um, way of actually raising up their hands in the chat how many people have got interviews coming up maybe in the next few days, weeks, months? Is anybody raising their hands or people haven't got any interviews at all?
0: Two participants have raised their hands.
2: Okay. Well, that's good, that's very good. So one of the things that I, I really wanna stress is that um, I know that, you know, at the moment in, in the news, you know, um, you could be led to believe that there are no jobs, but companies are beginning to hire. It's so important. If you go back to the next slide, please, just the one. And I just wanted to share a, a little um, fact with you. So in the UK alone, an average job seeker, Is going to spend on average 27 days in an interview process when applying for a job. When you consider that people on average move six times, they move roles or they move jobs six times in their lifetime, that equates to five months of your life. And that's 162 days that you spend in an interview process throughout your lifestyle, throughout your lifetime. So interviews are important. And there's nothing to indicate that interviews are actually going to be going away anytime soon. So that leads me very nicely into the next slide, which is actually talking about why are interviews important. So I know that, you know, the, the general misconception is that interviews are a way of torture, but it isn't. Interviews are a very key part of the job application process. It gives a potential employer the chance to put a face to the CV, cover letter or application form. It also gives them the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into your skills, experience and knowledge. It also lets an employer see how you approach questions and problems when you're put on the spot. And that's so important. But the one thing that a lot of people tend to forget, which is as equally as important, is that it is also your opportunity to find out more about your potential employer. And a lot of people forget that. Interview is a two-way conversation. Just as the employer is interested in finding out more about you, you it's your opportunity to find out a little bit more about the employer and whether it's a good fit, value fit. Thank you, next slide, please. So the different types of interviews, what, what, what types of interviews are there? So you've got your normal telephone interview. Now, generally when you start to engage using a telephone interview process, we're using that as a low cost, you know, cost-effective method to try and whittle down the candidates to, you know, the ones that we want to interview to the, either the face-to-face or the virtual interview. So that's generally when a company would use that particular mo- type of interview. Then you've got the face-to-face interviews. Now, face-to-face interviews w- w- is the norm um, pre-COVID, which is where obviously you're invited to meet your potential employee, employer, face-to-face for the whole interview process. But in this um, post-COVID era, and what you will find is that an awful lot of interviews are being done now virtually. It used to be before that, you know, uh, when you spoke to organizations about doing virtual interviews, everybody would shriek back in fear. But now everybody's had to jump on the bandwagon because obviously, you know, life goes on. So those virtual interviews can actually take the form of either through Skype, um, through um, Microsoft Teams, through Zoom. I know some people also do um, virtual interviews through WhatsApp video. Um, There's also been a a few that have done so through FaceTime as well. So those virtual interviews are happening. It's just that employers have now found a way of being able to do interviews in this COVID era. And then you've got your assessment centres. Now, your assessment centres are generally employed. uh, It's it's a technique or uh, an interview process that is usually usually, um, adopted by large, multi, you know, multinational companies. And literally, this is like an extended one to two day interview process. And within those assessment centres, what you will generally find is that there'll be a large number of people that are going to be assessed on the same day. And what they'll be doing in that day, typically you'll be doing your group exercises. So you'll be given a case study, um, there will be group discussions and all the while the, the people, the panellists, or the people that are involved in the assessment centre, assessing you whilst you're doing, you know, reading your case studies, whilst you're having your group discussions, whilst you're doing your presentations, and at some point there will be um, also a face-to-face interview. Next slide please, thank you. So, um, what I want to be able to achieve, so one of the things that I should have said at the very beginning is that I I want the session to be an interactive session and what you will find is within this session we've got two learning reflections which is when you get to break out to your different groups and actually start to talk about what you know about interviews and the first learning reflection which is going to be your breakout session is for you to think about your experience with previous interviews the good the bad the ugly because we've all had it And then think about why was it good? Why was it bad? Why was it ugly? And based on what I've just said so far about interviews, has your perception about interviews, has it changed? And it's very likely that it won't, but do think about that. So I think that the very able people behind the scene are now going to start making you break out into your different groups if you haven't already. Okay, so um, welcome back everyone. I hope you were able to discuss within your groups about, you know, discuss a little bit about the questions that you had for your learning reflections. So, you know, the questions were, or the things that you had to think about was think about your experience with previous interviews, the good, the bad, the ugly. I said that, I said the good, the bad, the ugly because it reminds me. It reminded me of a film, um, Clint Eastwood film. Um, and think about why it was bad. Why, why was it good? Why was it bad or ugly? And based on what you now know about interviews, has your perception changed? Now I wondered, because we do have a little bit of time, if anybody's brave enough to actually share any of the experience before we then move on to the next
3: slide. If you'd like to share, just raise your hand and we can... Okay, Deetola would like to share. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, um, you should be able to unmute yourself now. That's it. Hi. Hi. We can hear you.
1: Yeah, so um, what I shared... So I've done different um, types of interviews. I have done assessment centres, I've done... Um, face-to-face interviews, I've done virtual interviews, and um, yeah, I think that's the range of it actually. Okay. Um, psychometric test sort of interviews, and I the example of a, an ugly one many years ago was going for an assessment center based interview, and mm-hmm. the reason why it was ugly was because I didn't research. I really didn't know ah. what that was all about. I was exploring. Um, another field outside my area of practice. So it was a completely new area. And the whole, I think what stumped me was um, the group exercise and, you know, being watched, pretending to be in a meeting and all that sort of thing. I I only found out what I was supposed to have done after the interview when I went back to look at it. So that was pretty ugly. Um, And a good one, an example of a good one um, was really about me understanding the job, understanding that I could do the job, Mm. I'm pretty confident that I could do the job, found out enough about the company, it was a face-to-face virtual interview, sorry, it was a virtual interview, not face-to-face physical, Um, but going in in more intending to find out more about them and whether I wanted to work for them mm-hmm. than me being desperate to work for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me, my own experience every time that happened, that's happened a few times, I am just more confident in,
4: mm-hmm. in yeah.
1: the interview process and I can ask lots of questions. The mm-hmm. only thing that helps me that I think works for me in my area, I mean healthcare, is doing some pre interview discussions with the key people so finding out who the key people are and trying to have discussions with them finding asking them questions before the formal interview that also works for me because oftentimes you find that some of those people you've spoken to then happen to be on the interview panel yeah so you, you've had discussions freehand You kind of you've sourced each other out it's, yeah
2: so Gala, you've you've just you've just you've just done the rest of my presentation for me. so I think I can just finish this session and probably <laughs> But um that you know, thank you so much for for sharing that. And it's you know um it's it's good when you you get to reflect back on you know, things that you haven't done well in interviews, but it's also equally as, I think it's more powerful when you start to think about the things that you've done well. And mm-hmm. it takes an awful lot of courage to be able to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But That is, you know, thank you so much for, for being able to do that. And what I want to be able to do, because what you've spoken about in terms of what you did for a good interview is going to form the basis of the next few slides and the rest of the session. So hopefully... And from what you've learned, um, hopefully, and and also from what De has said, you'll be able to, you will know that, you know, interviews are not the dreaded word, you know, and that at the end of the day, an interview is essentially a two-way conversation. It's a two-way interaction. It's not about just only about the organization, because just as the organization wants to find out about you, you also want to find out if there's a fit there. And the way that I like to put it, because in the past it used to be called a cultural fit, but well, it's now being moved to being called a values fit. So do we fit? So when we're you're being in, in, invited to an interview, effectively what we're trying to find out is, do we fit? Mm. Or is, is there even a potential for us to fit at the end of the day? So thank you so much.
3: Before so you move on, no, before you move on, Aliou has her hand up.
4: Oh, his okay. hand up,
3: Aliyu's hand is up, I don't know. I, mean, I should never be gender specific. Sorry. <laughs> you say
2: they have their hands up.
1: That's so, right. um, Sorry, it's uh, Aliyu's Aishola. He's not here anymore. <laughs> All, right. All right, I just wanted to say something in my group. Uh, I think Pastor Ayo was in my group. And he said something very valuable, like an interview. He sees us as an opportunity to develop yourself, yeah. it's a learning curve because you're going to go in there as pos- in, in a, with positive mind that you're going to learn something and they're going to learn to you.
2: Yeah.
4: So
1: like you said, it's a two-way conversation. Yeah. So ask them questions, be free to learn, uh, to ask them questions and be free to say something, even if it's wrong, it's yeah. a learning curve. Yeah. So always see it as positive and the personal development. Okay, thank, thank you. you
2: thank you so much so I think that what you've just said obviously now leads nicely into the next slide so then th- this slide is is basically talking about the interview preparation that you would need to do so you applied for the job you've got the interview congratulations and for those of you who've got interviews coming up I want to be to be the first to say congratulations you've made it so far but now the hard work begins. So you need to start to prepare for the interview. The first thing that you need to do is you need to do your research. You need to understand who, the who of the organisation. Who is the organisation that you're going to potentially work for? What do they do? Why do they exist? What's their why? You know, it's um, I think I'm sure I can see for nodding her head then the amount of times it's so frustrating when somebody comes to an interview because on paper they've got the potential. And then you start to ask them questions about the company that they potentially want to work for and they know absolutely nothing about the organization. And I would say that you can never over research, you know, find out about their values, find out their mission, mission statement, find out about their ethos. Have they been in the news recently? research, you can never over research, it's so important to understand the organization that you're going into. And one of the things that I also find when you're in this stage is that as you're doing your research, it will also form, give, you know, give you the basis that it, it forms the basis as to whether you actually want to work for that organization. Because it's not about the money at the end of the day. If this era, if COVID is thought was nothing else, it's about when you think that you spend 80% of your time at work, you want to be able to work with an organization that there is a value alignment with. So do your
3: research. In addition research. to that, um, in, as part of your research, look at the structure of the organization. So look at who they employ. Look at their, their, their diversity makeup. Um, because sometimes you might get a job as the token black person, but it is nice to walk into an organization that you know is quite diverse. Which means you all you know that there is an element of understanding your needs because then there's enough people that look like you. You would fit in visually as well as mentally. So think about that as well. It's not just what they do; it's about how they do it. What, what like um, Uzo said, their ethics is it an ethical organisation? Sometimes it doesn't even hurt to look on places like Glassdoor to see what other people have said about the organisation before you go for the interview because you might then get, because from Glassdoor you get some ideas of what um, past employees have said. So it gives you a little bit of a um, insight into the organisation.
2: So the research stage is so important. I tend to call it like your due diligence and I guess the the more senior your role is um going for an interview the more you need to research you cannot afford to turn up to an interview without knowing about the organization that you profess that you want to work for so that's so important the next thing that you now need to have a look at during this stage is the role itself so have a look at the job description and you know i you know kofar and i we've seen our fair shares of really good job descriptions. We've seen our fair years of really bad job descriptions. The really good ones will be able to tell you what they're looking for. So some organisations have taken to doing what they call an essential or desirable criteria. The essential criteria is effectively when you go into the interview, that's what they're going to be assessing you based on. So that's the bit where you spend majority of your time doing the research and actually understanding. So, and your research in this stage is actually going through your previous experience and actually understanding whether you fit the essential criteria. Some organizations don't call it essential criteria. Some organizations have a section saying what you will do. That's also the essentials criteria. So use that understand the job, understand how you fit in, how that role fits into the wider organization. Because by the time you've done your research, you will start to get an understanding of where that role fits in the, in the wider organization, or certainly where it fits in their, either their mission statement or their ethos and their values. So that's so important. The next stage that you then need to have a look at in your interview preparation is then once you've done all of that, is try and get an understanding of what the interview style or format is. Now, interviews can take many, many, many styles and formats. And I would like to think that by the time you get invited to an interview that the organization will, be, will say to you, it's either going to be a one-to-one interview or it's going to be a panel interview or it's going to be a competency-based interview. And all of those interviews are very different in nature. So if they are going to be doing a one to well, you have your one-to-one interviews. Generally, a lot of organizations are moving away from one-to-one interviews, purely because of the unconscious bias and the risk of discrimination. So I generally tend to think that if an organization is inviting you to a one-to-one interview, my first instinct is run. However, if it's a small organization, and they don't have the resource to do, I guess, have more than one person to do the interview, then you might want to consider that. I can see Kofun nodding her head and I know that she's got something to add before
3: I move on to the next I was story. going to say sometimes um, when you're invited to a single person interview, it's usually a, an assessment. So like a quick interview just to shortlist you for the main interview. So like the pre-interview for one of another word. So it might not be the main interview, it's just, to get a feel so it might be that they maybe they have 15 people in the initial shortlist and they want to do ask like three questions to whittle that list down so don't immediately be put off by it but ask i think if you come to an if you're invited to an interview that's a one-person interview my question my my advice to you would be to say to go back and make sure you understand what the stages are um so because if you're going to have a second interview you know how much you need to prepare for each level if that makes sense and you can know what kind of questions to ask at each stage that's Mm. it good thank you so much but the thing to remember hold on Christina has a question Christina has a question hold on Christina you can unmute yourself I think Yep.
4: thank you Um, sorry but you um, uh, you all froze for a a, a few seconds there so I didn't catch the the most of what you said but um you wouldn't always know you you can't you may not always know how many people are going to interview
3: really. um, well, you um well, you should know because what usually happens is when they invite you for an interview they usually list who it will be um who would be on the interview panel in in either the email or the letter or in whichever way they communicate you can ask if you're not told because um, you, you oh, can well, absolutely I, ask
4: mm-hmm. I, I guess i've i've never always known and it's, it's always probably i'd say probably by 80% of the time it's been a bit of a surprise but it, may, it could be my industry i don't
3: know it, um, it okay, might be no, that no. it might be yeah. that but yeah. you can <laughs> ask the question to say even if they don't want to give you the name they might be able to tell you the role titles of the people that are there and you can you should be able to find out if you go into their website it's a test in itself <laughs> but no you should be yeah. if you're uh, not I, told I, you I, can I, ask yeah
4: Mm, I I are you suggesting people get hung, hung up on that? I mean, is that really no. is it really that no, important? It's, not, it's not a it's not
3: a big importance, but it's good for you to know who you're who is going to be questioning you because that way when you're you can go to the interview informed. So if, for example, the person that's interviewing the three people that are interviewing you are the CEO, the director of operations, and maybe the finance person it would be good to go online to read a bit about who they are because then that can direct the questions that you ask about the organization but we'll get to that later on in the interview yeah yeah i
4: suppose i suppose it depends on your on the industry in my industry uh there's often surprises sometimes you even get clients uh, okay uh, okay all right thank you
2: no worries so i think that what christina has highlighted is that it's that it's so important, and most organizations will tell you the type of interview. I know that I've certainly been into interviews, and I've certainly been guilty of it, where we've invited people, but we haven't told them the names, probably because we're still trying to decide up until the last minute who is going to be part of the panel. But generally, most organizations will tell you the style and the interview format. So you have the one-to-ones, and as we said, the one-to-one interviews, most organizations are trying to shy away, are are coming away from that completely because of the risk of discrimination. The other interview style and um, format that you might have is panel interview. And panel interviews are just that, you have a panel of people asking you questions. Now, generally, when answering those kind of questions in that kind of setting, you generally try and address or answer the question to the person who has asked you the question, but making sure that you maintain some sort of eye contact with everybody else that's involved in the panel. That in itself is a balancing act, but it can certainly be done. The other type of um, interviews that you've then got, the final one is you've got the competency-based interviews. And generally with the competency-based interviews, what they then have is they have a, a set of questions that they're asking you. And those sets of questions are generally tailored to the role. Um, and they're asking you to try and find out how your work, so how your skills and your abilities actually fits into the job that is being advertised. The next stage that I then want everybody to think about when it comes to the interview process is the star, it's called star and the star is actually an interview method which has been proven to work time and time again and i'm now going to tell you what star means so star the s in star means situation the t is task the a is action and the r is result now, when do you get to use Star? When you start doing your prep and you start to look at the job description, what you need to do once you've had a look at the essential criteria or the bit that says what we would what you would be doing in the role is start to think about examples. I generally tend to say think of three to four examples that you're going to use over and over in the interview those three or four examples are going to be what you use to answer any questions that you have within the interview based on the essential criteria so for instance if the essential criteria is that you should have experience of managing of line managing then part of your example that you would rehearse and practice is an example of when you've line managed people successfully. So for every time that you're asked the question within the interview process, you use the STAR technique. You're thinking about the situation. You're thinking about the task. You're thinking about the actions that you took. And then you're then talking about the results. And it's so important, I need to stress that this is not a time for you to say, we, they, them. It's about you. You need to talk about you. So the examples you have are about what you did and the results that came as, you know, the results that followed because of the actions that you took in that situation. Hope that makes sense. So what there might be that?
3: some situations that you are asked team work related questions and the same logic applies you do still talk about as a team we were meant to do xyz this was the goal but you have to also highlight i did this i contributed this i made sure this happened but overall the team achieved this so you kind of try to merge it but always try to think about how you highlight yourself in all of that because at the end of the day it's about you but you're also evidencing that i can work within a team but i will still do my part in that team which is the key it's it's a trick but it's not impossible sorry that's
2: not a problem at all So the STAR method has been proven to work. Certainly when I go for interviews and I prepare for interviews, I use STAR all the time. And I have three to four examples that I rehearse, that I know that fits into the essential criteria, that fits into what they're looking for. Then the next stage, once you've done all of that, is you've got to practice, practice, practice. Now I know that it can be very difficult, But if you've got somebody, so if you've got a my Uzo, you can ask her to do a mock interview for you. So you can get a friend who can do a mock interview for you so that you can practice. You can use your phone and record yourself as you practice, as you answer the potential questions that you think is gonna come about. As you introduce yourself, you can record, but it's so important that you practice, practice, practice. Now, within this phase of practicing, you can also go online and have a look at dozens and thousands of typical questions You know that you'll be asked in an interview process, and then just practice using those questions and it's so important because by the time you've done an awful lot of practice, when you get to the interview, there's a confidence that comes. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, a little known secret. It's that the typical questions that you tend to find on the internet, it's all the same. It's just regurgitated differently. So by the time somebody said, Tell me about the time when you've been able to achieve XYZ or give me an example when you've done X, Y, Z. It's the same. It's just that we've just flipped the question around. So the practice inside is so important. Make sure you practice, practice, use the STAR technique and practice. Kofa, did you have anything to add on that? No, brilliant. So after you've done all of that, it's so important. I know um, it feels like me having to say this, but, it's, but it's, it feels a bit like me trying to teach you how to suck eggs. But I need to say it it's so important what you wear for the interview. I know that in this post-COVID era um, that we're not doing face-to-face interviews um, at the moment but those virtual interviews are so important so what you wear if in doubt, just dress smartly and sensibly. You can never overdress for an interview you can underdress it's so important. so just make sure that you do turn yeah. up. In addition to that, smartware.
3: Because it's virtual, everything is more visible. Yes so your nails are more visible. If there's spinach in your teeth, it's more visible. If you refuse to brush your hair that day, it's more visible. <laughs> so please take a picture of yourself, take a selfie if you must. If your mirror is not working, it's a bit hazy that day, take a selfie just to see what you look like <laughs> before your interview. But it is absolutely what you wear is, is very important. Um, I guess the, the, the easiest way to think about it is what not to wear. Mm-hmm. Do not wear t-shirts that have like political messages on there. Don't wear um, dirty clothes. You know, those. Are, it's more what not to wear, but do try to be neat, smart, clean. Um, <laughs> if you want to wear makeup, wear makeup. If you want to wear lipstick, wear lipstick. But look your best.
2: Yes. So the keyword, the two keywords, is smart and sensible. And in this age of obviously virtual interviews, please be very aware of your background as well. That's so important. If you know that you've got sensitive backgrounds, then there are ways in which you can blur it out. But please, that counts as well. And then the final bit to think about is the final prep. Just check, check, check again. And you can never overcheck. So check the instructions that you've received for the interview. Check that your computer is gonna work on the day. Check that your camera is okay. Check your surroundings check that you know what time you're supposed to turn up for the interview. It's all very basic stuff, but you'd be surprised the number of people that don't, and then you're sat there waiting for them to come up for an interview, which was supposed to start at 2.30, and you know they've forgotten the time or they got the wrong time. So please just check. Check that you have everything that you need for the interview, and if you don't, let your potential employers know ahead of the interview.
3: And one other thing is, um, I know at the moment, everything is virtual, but we would probably do some physical interviews again in the future. One thing that people don't do is double check the address, how to get there, train delays, whatever is happening. I can't tell you the number of people that have turned up for interviews with me half an hour to 45 minutes late. And mm-hmm. to me, the minute you're late, that late, and you haven't called or text or do anything, I've moved on. the chances of you getting the job is slim because you've already given me a bad first impression. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that, make sure you know where you're going, the address, like Uzzah said, can I log in? Um, Does Teams work? Does my Zoom work? Is my internet working? Yeah, it's very, very important.
2: So important. Although to be fair, there has been times when individuals have been late for an interview, but they've called in advance. Yes, And we know that the reason why they're late has been because of something unavoidable.
3: I can forgive that. But if you don't say anything, I don't forgive that. Sorry. (laughs) You don't
2: forgive. That's that. So, So please just make sure. So during the interview, what I want you to remember is that you are the star of the show. And I've put that there because during the interview, there are two things that you need to remember. One is you need to remember to use the star technique for the questions that you're being asked, you have to make sure that you use it. But the second thing, equally as important, is that you are genuinely the star of the show. We have You've been invited to an interview for a reason. There's something that they've seen in you. There's a potential that they've seen. They can see that you would fit into the organisation. So during the interview um, process, please make sure that you Actively listen to the questions that are being asked. And then not only do you actively listen, but if you don't understand the question, ask. And if you don't, if you, once you've asked the question and you still feel that it needs to be repeated, please ask for it to be repeated. Next slide, please. Okay, so after the interview, what do you then do? Well, after you've done the interview, Um, The first thing that you need to do is ask them what the next step is, ask a bunch of questions, so this is your opportunity to ask your potential employer questions about the organisation, about the role. So try and make sure that in your prep period that you also have a few questions that you would like to ask. Please do not ask about the salary, this is not the right time to ask that sort of question, but certainly ask questions about the organisation. Then the next thing that you need to then think about is the potential outcomes. So after the final interview, and after you've given your final statement to say, I'm so interested in your organization based on everything that I've heard today, so on and so forth, the potential outcome, were you successful? Were you rejected? Or is it that they're going to ask you to another stage in the interview? And what you do next obviously depends on the response you get, whether you're successful, got a rejection, or you need to go to the next stage in the interview process. If there's another one, next slide, please. So, I know that we've only got. I think we've got how many minutes go for?
3: Probably like ten now.
2: Okay, ten minutes. So, what I want to be able to do is, there's another learning reflection um session coming up, and what I want for you is when you get into your groups is to think about how you're going to put into practice what you've learned today, and also what one, two, or maybe three, four, five things are you going to do differently as a result of today's session. So I hope, if you go back one more slide, I hope that's one. So I hope that you were able to take something away from the learning reflections. Um, I know certainly in the group that I was put in, we had some conversations about, you know, what they're going to do differently. So that's quite good to do. So um, final slide, or next few slides. So I hope um, that from today, that you were able to take away the following. That interviews are important so it's a two-way conversation, how to do your interview prep um, unfortunately we've only got an hour, I wish I had two hours to be able to talk a little bit more, the types of interviews, how to make an impression and what to do after the interview and finally just want to leave you with this before we go to the questions and answer session is that faith sees the invisible it believes the unbelievable, and it receives the impossible. Thank you.
3: Thank you. We already have a raised hand. Okay. Um, the so, raised hand. I don't hand, know how you want to deal with raised that. Raised hand. Could you
0: send me your your message, please, in the <laughs> chat box? I've got some. <laughs> send your question in the <laughs> chat box, and I will um, read it out. Ooh. Just got a really strange question but i'll come oh, to that
2: gosh. no no not Ooh, strange I, as in,
0: I like it i didn't really understand i'll read it out but let me go with the ones i have first so some questions are indirect okay so it says i.e not tell me about the time when you um resolved a conflict." hang on how do you figure out what the interviewer is asking when the interviewer uses a scenario to ask questions Sometimes it seems like they're having a casual, informal conversation with you when they're actually asking you about things like working independently, etc.
3: how do you,
2: well, so you're not in your head. So do you want <laughs> You, wanna, you don't
3: Do you know? Personally, I I kind of prefer the informal format mm. because I feel that the person is being real. So we're actually having a conversation, and it's one of two things. It's it's. I can do it or I can't do it but if if somebody asks you a question and you do not feel that you can you understand it ask it back in your own words and just say you know just to clarify is this what you want to know um it's not wrong to do that you can absolutely do that um yes it's a chit chat but if you do not understand the question ask it back that's the safest way
2: and you know what, no interviewer will penalise you for, for asking and repeating the question because when you ask you can repeat the question back in your own speak to say can I just understand this is what you're asking. Yeah. I prefer that because I've been in interviews where somebody, I know that the person has put in a lot of work, I've asked the question and they've told me what they've rehearsed and I sit there and I think oh bless you but that wasn't the question, the question was this. So please ask.
3: You're wasting both of our times if (laughs) if you do not answer the question, if you don't understand it. Because what tends to happen is you go off on a tangent and you're thinking, and and I can't bring you back sometimes, no matter how much I try, because I'm thinking, I'm talking about apples, but you're talking about bananas, like, please.
2: So we (laughs) let you finish talking about bananas, and then we come back and say, it's really about the apples. So can I get you to talk about the apples now, please? Thank you.
0: (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Thank you. This question, I think, is quite an important one. It says, any tips on controlling nerves? And then the person actually um, goes on to say, that's what makes interviews ugly for me. I've been known to tell interviewers to leave the room because my nerves got the best of me. So, I mean, some people are really overcome by nerves. Are there any tips on how you can actually, like, just, I don't know,
3: control them better? Do you want to go first as well? That's a difficult one. <laughs> so
2: in the very beginning, when I used to go through interviews, people used to say, "Imagine them naked," and I used to think, "Whoa, that's an image that I can't, I can't unsee that once I've done that." But then, the the, the way that I tend to overcome the nerves is that it's I do a lot of practice. So that's where the mock interviews and the recording yourself actually comes into play. But the other thing, if it's any consolation, is to remember that your interviewer is also human. And just as you have nerves, we get nervous as well because we want to get it right. Because we also know that we we're trying to impress you as well. So remember that your interviewer is also human. And that always helps me because they make mistakes. There've been times in interviews where everybody's been assigned what questions it's a place to ask, and you ask the wrong question. Yeah. So we're humans and we get the same now. So just try and remember that. But for me, one of the things I would say is practice, because as as you practice a lot more, interviews become a lot, a lot less daunting. Do you have anything? Yes.
3: Um, I'll add to that by saying little tips that you could have in the interview would be if they offer you water, accept it. Spin <laughs> um, the water. Don't spin it, but water. accept it. Because <laughs> one good thing to do is when you are asked a question and you feel like you need to catch your breath, take a sip of water. Because that gives you, even if it's 30 seconds, to catch your breath and formulate your thoughts. And if, but if you're so nervous that you're literally shaking, say it. Yeah. Actually say, do you know what I'm really mm-hmm. sorry, but I am quite nervous. But you know, just say it. They get that. They expect that. Mm -hmm. And also, especially when it's a panel interview, suss out the panel. Who looks the friendliest? Who is giving you a calming vibe? Who's giving you a calming aura? And as much as you are always scanning the panel when you're answering, probably spend maybe 30 seconds more on the person that's calming you. or encouraging you and by the time you've answered one or two questions by looking at that person and taking a sip of water before you answer a question you will gradually calm down Mm -hmm. um and when and like Uzo said when you know your subject matter and you're confident it comes out eventually anyway you do forget yourself because you do get into the into the um flow of what you're talking about Yeah. yeah
2: I think it's also important to also remember as well that when you do say that you're nervous, we sometimes we can see that you're nervous. And so we will give you more time mm. to be able to answer the questions. We give yeah. you more time. Take the time. Yeah. It's fine. It's a two-way conversation that involves yeah. two, three or more people.
0: Thank you. Next question. How do you answer this question? Tell us about yourself.
2: Ooh. That's a very interesting one. Can I just say something? That tell us about yourself is such a trick question because, um, and this is where the practice comes in because you should be able, so you remember at the very beginning, um, there was a whole introduction about what I do, you know, the whole tell us about yourself. That's an example of tell me a bit about yourself. So you can practice that now. I generally tend to, when I do the bit about tell me about yourself, I tend to talk about my experience a little bit. So it's a, it's a summary, it's a snapshot of who I am. But I also like to inject a little bit of my personality and then say in my spare time, I like to do X, Y, Z or I like chocolates or whatever it is, you know. So please just when you're thinking about that, just remember that. Tell me about yourself. Is a snapshot of who you are, and it's. It will be great when you start to do your interview prep to have a summary. It's like your elevator pitch. Yeah. You have a summary of yeah. that, so have that ready, and you can always chop and change it based on the interview. What prepares. And as you, you get that.
3: confident, yes. But definitely throw in something that is not on your CV.
2: Yes.
3: Because like that's ex- like that's chocolates. interesting
2: yeah they like chocolates they like I've had a bit more yeah
3: I've had interview. I've had interviews with people that would tell me oh in my sp- like oh you want to know about me well right now I'm learning how to cook or I'm learning how to ski or something like that you know blah blah and you still tell me a little bit about what you do in a job but don't forget I've already read your CV mm-hmm. so I'm not looking for what is on your CV I'm looking up for who are you um, in your spare time, do not tell me that you eat too much on Thursdays. No, it's a hobby. It's about that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I
2: can't tell you if I ate too much rice mm, on a Thursday. No? no? Oh, okay. <laughs> I love the show.
0: <laughs> but you can tell her on a Friday. I can tell her on a Friday. Oh, oh, Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, well, it's, it's following on from that. So, how do you answer the question of tell us about yourself? What about when they say, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Do we need to relate that to the job
3: it can aspirations? You? Not no. Now no, that's no. the thing. People don't limit yourself to the job mm. you are applying for. Limited. Tell them where you see yourself. So, for example, if I was applying for an HR manager role and they asked me where do you see yourself in five years, I would say I see myself as an HR director or an HR business partner. So what I've already what they have already taken from that is well, this is somebody that's coming on board mm. that wants to learn that I can, I can mentor maybe, or God knows what else, but you're already telling me I want to grow. If it's in this organization, if it's anywhere else, but I, my intention is to grow. Mm. There's nothing wrong. Be honest. So you don't feel true. that if, sorry, you don't feel that if someone said that, that you, you'd interpret it as um, she wants my job. No. Well, no. if you, if you interp- interpret it as you want my job, then my, your, the issue is not me, is you. You no know what I mean? You uh, as the interviewer, no, I understand wouldn't that. Interpret- <laughs> the interviewers, it's not the interviewee's problem that you okay. are, you have no self-confidence. I have enough self-confidence. Yeah, that would, I can that then, would that then
0: rule me out because then you I suddenly don't want decided to be there,
3: then if I'm, if an organization fair enough, fair enough. doesn't see me as, um, an addition because I'm ambitious, then that's not where I need to be. Yeah, I don't want to be in an organization that's going to hold me back. I want to be in an organization that's going to grow me that's it
2: and can I just add as well that one of the things when I'm in an interview and I ask that question um I want to surround myself with people that look into the future I want to surround myself with people that have the potential because ultimately my job as as a manager is that I want you to either be in my role because obviously I'm going to be going off to do something else. So mm-hmm. don't ever be afraid of answering that question. And if that's the reason why you don't get the job, then that organization is not for you.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, the questions are coming thicker and fast. I can't
2: oh,
0: wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what does STAR stand for again, please? I want to ah, okay.
2: STAR stands for Situation, Task, Action, Result. So what yeah. was the situation? What was the task? What was the action that you took? And what was the result as what was the re, what, what were the results?
3: Or outcomes, or you know, there are many ways you other words, anything that you use to understand that word, results. At the end of the day, what happened?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, okay. can I just say that one of the things that we tend to do when we go into interviews is that we like to highlight Positives. Good. Yeah. yeah, and then they ask you a trick question of tell me about a time when you didn't succeed and you think oops, <laughs> you know, so the star can also be used for when you did not achieve, but then what you then do with that is you spin it around to say, even though we didn't achieve xyz, what I learned from this particular situation, because it tells me that that you learn from stuff so it tells me that you are not uncomfortable with failing.
3: Is that a hindrance? But it's
2: what happens when you fail. It's so important.
3: And as Christians, we should understand that. Yes. Yeah. It's not the falling down, it's the getting up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: yep. Okay, how would you answer the question toot your own horn in an interview without coming across like an arrogant person?
3: But that's what we've been talking about. That's everything that we've been talking about. When we're talking about the situation, when we're talking about the results, when we're talking about how to prepare, it's how to put yourself forward, the best part of you. Mm-hmm. The whole point of an interview, and Uzo has said it a thousand times, as much as a two-way conversation, yes, the organization is trying to find out about you, but you're trying to find out about them as well. So you need to sell you, yes. throw your personality into it, tell them your achievements. And like I said, if they're threatened by that, okay this is not the place for me Mm
2: -hmm.
3: um but yes definitely there is nothing wrong with with doing that there's a different matter when we're being egotistical that's a different thing but there's nothing wrong with selling yourself that is the whole Mm -hmm. point of the interview
2: that's that's why you're there Mm -hmm. that's effectively what you're there to do Mm -hmm. and generally though um statistically it's harder for women to do than it is for men i've been in interviews where you know the person in front of me, sorry for the men who are on the platform um, today, and they're answering you think, you haven't got a clue what I've just said, have you? But it's the confidence in which they come across. So women tend to find it a little bit more difficult. And that's where the practice bit comes in. Mm. Because the more you practice, and the more you do your research, and the more that you do the prep that is required, you will be yeah. able to talk confidently not arrogantly there's a difference about being confident because when you're confident in your subject matter there's something very attractive about somebody who is confident in their subject matter it makes me attracted to you as a potential employee for the organization
0: fantastic okay this question I think is for both of you basically saying how do you look up to the person coming for the interview? And then it says, I often look up to the person interviewing me. I don't fully understand. What
3: do you mean? Oh, as in, do you look up the person? As in, do we research the people? Oh, look up, yes. That's it, yeah. Okay. Um, Not always. It depends on the role. I would if I was interviewing for one of my directors or a CEO role absolutely I want to know where they've been I want to know what is not on their CV. In fact my CEO is notorious for that. She literally would look at your Facebook your Twitter she wants to know who this person is. It depends on the role. Um, if it's an admin role, no. If it's um, a manager role, not necessarily, unless it's a manager role that carries risk or something like that. But no, I would so go. You wouldn't go to the social interview. media to go. Oh no, who asked uh, that?
2: No, I mean, I think you know, just to kind of add <laughs> a little bit more weight to what Crawford said, the more senior you are. So for the leadership roles, which has the potential to have reputational it's all about risk damage, yeah the risk then you know you go and and find us a little bit more um you so scan yeah. your
3: networks as well all of them because like I said earlier I don't for those that were on here I work in the not-for-profit well so does Uzo um, slightly different parts of it but the same not-for-profit it's it's quite small yes I work I already work for four societies so I already know if one person has applied to all four of them a thousand and one times mm-hmm. or I would speak to my HR counterparts or the CEO would speak to other CEOs to find out about a director that's coming. We that at that level, yes, we would ask. Um but the you know I can't do that for 40, 50, 60, 70 roles. That's a waste of everybody's time. I'm gonna take you I'm gonna take you at your word that this is who you say you are. And we take it and it's mostly I won't lie to you, it is a ninety percent of the time based on interview. Yes not your cv your cv just gets you through the door it's Mm -hmm. based on interview interview.
2: yeah
3: let me rush along because like i said we've got
0: time it's against us and we've got lots (laughs) of questions recently some companies are doing video interviews whereby you are asked recorded questions how do you engage
2: oh that's a new one no no companies have been doing it so companies like amazon do do that so what i would say is generally what tends to happen is that they will give you um a time when you're supposed to do the video and um, so they'll send you the interview details and they'll tell you at this time go and record because there'll be somebody either asking you a question or they'll send you a set of questions what i would say is practice this is where using your video comes in using recording yourself to see how you answer those questions because there will be a set of questions that they would expect you to answer so please You know, get on your phones, get on your laptops, iPads, and record yourself. Use the STAR technique. Make sure that you know what you're about to do because that's another form of interview before you actually get to see somebody face-to-face. So companies like Amazon and the likes are very, especially American companies, are very notorious for doing that. Um, It's part of their selection process. I know somebody who had to do four rounds of interviews before they actually got a role, and video interviews was one of those. So, please, it's the same thing that we've spoken about earlier on in the session.
3: But if you find it easier to talk to somebody in those kind of situations, because there's no, I'm guessing there's nobody at the other end of the video, it's just you. Use people in your household, have them on the other side of the camera. So it's kind of like you're looking at them, if that will make it easier for you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. What should you do when, after an interview went well, you came out of the interview being slightly unsure about the company so basically you don't know if you really want to work with them especially if you've recently graduated and it seems as though you have limited options in terms of breaking into the industry that you would like
3: Now one I pray yes <laughs> <laughs> and, but you know what one advice I will yeah. definitely give you as much as yet I say pray about it and I know I joke but absolutely pray about it if it's not somewhere you want to work please do not feel compelled to do so you do not have to take the first job offer because it's the first job offer, you will get others and you have to believe that you will get others. So you look at that interview as practice run.
2: That's okay. how I
3: look at it. But I, 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 you have to pray about it.
2: Can I add something to that? So if you're unsure about the organization, you need to understand why you're unsure about the organization. So what was it that made you unsure? And once you've been able to pin that down and you definitely know that you do not want to work for the organization, then please be professional. When you tell them that, you know, I, um, you know, unfortunately, thank you so much, but unfortunately I've got, you know, be very diplomatic in how you respond back because you don't want to burn bridges because even that they might not be the right organization for you now, but you don't know what's going to happen. And do it early. So early. So So don't
3: wait till you've got the offer letter and the contract and everything because the way we work in HR is I will not turn down anybody else or my second choice until you have accepted the offer and you've signed the contract. So the earlier you tell me you don't want to take the job, then that means the second choice has an option to be um, offered the role early and we can move on and and there's no burnt bridges. Don't wait. Mm -hmm. If you know, once you know, just be honest.
0: Okay. Thank you, ladies. Sorry. What's the real way to answer what is your weakness?
3: Be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Okay. Don't
2: lie. Be very honest. Because they'll find well, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they will. It's true. But be honest because it's an opportunity. What we're trying to see, because nobody is perfect. And you need to realize that when you get into the workplace, you're going to make mistakes. The number of times I've made mistakes and I think, oh, my goodness. So be honest about what your weaknesses are. You're not going to be penalized. But what we want to see is what have you done as a result of identifying that you have those weaknesses?
3: Or Have you at least identified that you have Yeah,
2: Have you even identified? Because if you go in there and say, I don't have any, then that tells me that you don't have enough self-awareness of who you are as an individual and a potential employee so important
0: during the interview can you ask the demographic of an
3: organization's workforce again this is where we go back to question number one i don't know if you remember when i said as part of your research a lot of organizations do post their staff on their websites now look look Fantastic. if they don't then you can say i've been on your website and i've realized that you don't have like um your staff on there can you please give me an indication of what what your makeup of the organization is there's not, you can ask and b- with all everything that's going on now yes but read the room is mm-hmm. all I was saying. <laughs> expected salary when they say what's your expected salary how do you answer uh, ah yeah. tell them the salary you want <laughs> not the
0: one you have i think to, to you mentioned something like this way you yes. name your yeah
3: Don't tell them what you have because Mm -hmm. this is, and I I think Uzo and I, we've talked about these kind of things a thousand and one times. Know your worth. Yes. so Don't tell them where you are now. What my focus in is where I'm going. So if I'm earning 25 right now, but I know I am worth 40, I'm not going to, my expected salary is that 40. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to tell. And another thing is, also know what your minimum is Mm. so if the absolute minimum you will ever accept is is 40 don't tell them 40 say Mm. 42 yeah so that by the time they negotiate hopefully you get the 40 that you want but say what you want
2: can i add to that so for every for every job there's a salary range and this is where your research comes in you need to know within your that salary range what your worth is. Yeah,
3: but there are some roles that say negotiable. So there are some roles that say negotiable.
2: But you, if you do your research, you will know where that fits in. Mm-hmm. So there's no point if you know you've done the research and the role itself, it says maybe the salary bracket is from 50 to 54K. You go and say 75, where well, you've priced yourself out of the market. Mm, it yeah. can't help it. So that's where the research comes in.
0: Okay. All right. Um. Two questions quickly. The first one is, what do you do when the first question throws you off balance and you freeze with words to do? Does that automatically disqualify you, or how do you? So go with if
3: that? you're frozen, again, I do the whole drink the water, pause, question. But you can always say to them, "Can we come back to that question?" Okay. All right. Yeah. Indeed. So don't don't waste thirty minutes doing. Mm, <clears throat> Uh, no you can say do you know what I, I really need to focus myself do you mind if we come back to that question
2: remember it's a two-way conversation we want you to do well as well you know because we've invested a lot yeah cost a lot of money to get you invited into an interview so the people that, that have been shortlisted you have a vested interest you want them that to you want it. to select somebody yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. Last question. If one has been unsuccessful in an interview, is it OK to send a thank you email thanking them for their time and requesting a follow up interview?
3: Uh, mm, I don't know about follow up interview feedback, mm-hmm. but I would ask for feedback because feedback. I okay. would want to know what did I do wrong? What disqualified me? Did I not sell myself properly or was it my skills or what is it? Um, I would rather you ask for feedback.
2: Mm. OK.
3: If you have a
0: negative reference, how does that impact? Now, legally, you shouldn't.
3: This is where I, yes, this is where I start to fight people. If an organization is giving negative references about you, I can, one, you can, you don't have to use them that in mind but two legally no organization should give a reference that should disqualify you from getting another role hence -hmm. the reason why many organizations focus on the basics this person started today they left tomorrow and this is this was their job and that is really legally all an organization is supposed to say if an organization is giving a negative um, reference you can threaten to sue Mm -hmm. because it is discrediting you and it's illegal
2: and it's very subjective as well, yeah. because what if an individual doesn't do well in one organization, another organization reflection. might actually yeah. be something better. Um, so the, the, the um, reference that Kofor actually talked about in some organization is known as a tombstone reference, which is where they do the bare minimum, which is your name when you came, when you joined the organization. When and ends, when you left. Fine, that's it, done. There you go. yeah so
3: all they're all doing is confirming that you worked there. that's it yeah
2: and one other thing that people tend to forget if you know that you're going to get negative um references don't use that them. the way that you've left an organization you can negotiate with them on what's said on your
3: reference it's surprising okay. what that's part do. of your exit package yeah. absolutely you can negotiate your reference you don't want to know so the number of times i've done that yeah, yeah. It
2: can be
0: done okay brilliant thank you very much ladies thank you so much it was a oh, brilliant wow. session um, and i got oh. through all the questions but i just wanted to say a few things before i round off because i got questions. there were lots of comments and they're just two i'm going to pull out mm-hmm. um, okay one says useful and informative session and then someone said everyone should smile like Uzo to get that <laughs> <laughs> so yes
3: we have someone you that has their um, thank you so you much ladies absolutely working.
0: brilliant okay.
2: Brilliant, thank you very much. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, Christina, your hand is up.
2: Ah, okay.
0: One, let me see, where is she, I
4: have to find her. Christina? I did actually send a very long comment, but it hasn't been read out, so no problem. Um, I just need (laughs) need to make two comments very quickly before we go. Um, Yeah. Regarding pay, um, you mentioned, um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it would be a wonderful world if every employer did, but most employers tend to ask, what's your current pay, not what are you expecting? So be very, very careful.
3: I would I, answer it the I, same I, way. Yeah. I would answer mm-hmm. it exactly because the same they
4: way. Can't find they, it, it wouldn't be hard to find out what you're wrong. But legally,
3: they, they, they do not have to. No organization needs to legally I know, but then give you, that you, information. You come across as somebody who, who's not told the truth always no answer it that way by saying my salary expectation is this you do not have to answer the question on what you're on you don't legally have to this is a completely different mm-hmm.
4: world from 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 where from where i am I, I maybe have in because... maybe your
3: world yes but legally in most other jobs i do not have to declare it to you
4: no well i mean you don't, you don't have to say if you don't want to but that's that's the question that people would ask they wouldn't ask you know what uh, what are your expectations what are you on currently even in very senior roles they want to know what you're on currently.
3: Okay.
2: Mm.
4: Okay, that that's fair enough. And then the other thing I wanted to, the other comment I wanted to make, which uh, um, let me just check my. Sorry, just two seconds, that because it's, it's quite important. Um, uh, with experts yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I just wanted to to really just make a comment just for for people who have been looking for jobs for months and months and months. There are jobs out there, but let's not forget that with COVID and and the the economic situation, you know, literally world world round, there are several hundred people to one job. I mean, let's. I I, I when I listen to people, experts, I w- I would say experts like yourselves talk. I would, especially, you know, being you know us, you know, children of God, as it were, I would expect a tiny little bit more empathy because for people to say you know oh there are jobs out there just it sounds so blasé i'm sorry i'm just i'm i'm literally i hate this phrase forgive me for saying you I'm, I'm literally playing devil's advocate here and that's why i'm because you know the two of you know you know me and i i know you so you know i'm literally just playing that part where you know i i, I want to get to the, to the to the to the one person who probably doesn't want to say anything but there are hardly any jobs out there. I mean, there are jobs, but it's very, very difficult. I know people who've been looking for a year, who've been looking for jobs. It's really, really difficult. So, you know, I mean, and then the, I, I will say one, one last thing. Because of um, everything being virtual and the way the world is today, everyone's looking at everyone's social media. If you've got pictures or information on your social media and this is the one thing I've been expecting to hear all day and I haven't heard and I'm really surprised because everyone's on Instagram at the moment you need to be very 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 careful it comes under the headline of professional your social media social media rather can't have crazy stuff that's going to embarrass you, come back to bite you when you go for an interview. So be very, very, okay. very, very careful.
3: Thanks, Christina. I think yeah, that's that's great. I think the one thing I will say is um, I take everything that you said on board, mm-hmm. but I will reiterate the fact that I understand and I appreciate and I am empathetic to the fact that they are... I'm, I'm um, not saying you're not straight up. Um, that, yeah. that people are struggling, but at the same time, I will repeat that there are opportunities out there that people can apply for. And the, the whole point of today is to equip people to be able to stand out and be able to overcome some of those barriers and I'm praying and hoping that As a result of the sessions we've had today, we've been able to do that. Um, Thank you.
2: I echo, I firmly echo what Kofois just said, because the whole sessions and, you know, the series of sessions is about looking at what's possible. So it's the art of the possible as opposed to what is not possible. And I do actually want to address the issue about the social media. Okay, so you need to understand that you also have a responsibility in terms of what you post online. Okay, but as an organization, when I am looking to recruit person, I cannot say hand on heart that I go in to have a look at their social media. Now if it comes to my attention that they've posted something that is detrimental, I don't need to, we then need to do an assessment to understand one, was is it detrimental to the reputation of the organization? That's one. And the second thing you need to understand is when was it posted? So I think that as much as it's a concern, but there are risk assessments that an organisation can then do in terms of those social media um, postings. So I don't want to take away from what's actually being communicated today, which is, yes, we empathise with people who are currently not working, but organisations are beginning to hire so you have an opportunity to start to prepare for those interviews because you will surely get those interview invites. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you
0: very much. Okay, someone just with regards to what you said about salary, if they ask you, should you lie? You know,
3: like some application forms say, so you can't, you, we shouldn't lie. I don't encourage you to lie, no. Mm-hmm. I never encourage anybody to lie, but I'm just saying that you should f- try and, if you can, in opportunities, focus more on, yes, flip it and focus more on your expectation, not where you are, because you're not staying there. The intention is not to stay there. Mm-hmm. All right, brilliant. You know, Thank you very one much. One
2: of the things that you need to remember as well is that when you get a job, it's, it's going to take the best part of a year before you get your next salary increase. So you need to understand that your salary expectations, you get as close to your salary expectations as possible.
0: Thank you. OK, ladies, I'm going to say thank you it there because we could be at this all day and we've already overrun. Um, what I was just going to say as a reminder to everyone is we've got a challenge from the last session. We've got a challenge. We've actually got another challenge now, so I'm going to read out the challenges. Um, I don't know if Beat is there and can put it on the screen, but challenge number one is to win one of two our free sessions. So for one-to-one business mentoring with Bloney Limited, and to do that you have to submit your personalized business plan on a page using the template that will be emailed to you. Challenge number two is to win one of two one-hour free sessions on a one-to-one DISC career coaching program with Inspired Concepts Consulting Limited. Again, we will need you to submit something for that, and it's your career transition plan using what Tammy D and um, Kofo spoke about earlier in the morning. explore envision prepare and go and the deadline for both of these is the 26th of March all entries need to be emailed to kingdomtreasurers at jesushouse.org.uk so I hope all of you will get involved because there's some great stuff to win there um, we're going to go on a break now we've overrun apologies so I mean a thousand apologies for this but next session is about how to start a business successfully please be back at four thirty for that session Thank you very much. Uzo and um, Kofu, thank you so much.
4: Thank you. Bye.